0: Hey folks, and welcome to a Daily Rating Special. This week, we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on what he believes are the essential films in the zombie movie genre. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the films. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing night of the living dead directed by george a romero dawn of the dead the 1978 version by george a romero the return of the living dead by dan o'bannon 28 days later by danny boyle and Shaun of the dead directed by edgar wright so stay tuned and enjoy the show Vincent Daly, how are we doing, buddy? Tommy Boy, how's it going? Uh, I think it's going pretty well. I'm excited for today's special, that's for sure. I know,
1: yeah. It's been cooking in the books for some time, so uh, I'm, I'm happy to finally hit the folks at home with this one.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I think it's, I, I love the genre kind of. I love how you kind of just explored the whole zombie. Yeah. movies, and then basically you're saying, like, hey, here's kind of an essential essential guide. Yeah. Here's what the, and that, like, you went through the years of kind of when zombie movies have, like, originated, kind of. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think yeah. it's going to be a really good yeah. time. Definitely I, good homework you did for us.
1: I Absolutely. I, I'm excited to try to help navigate that a little bit because there's just a, such an overwhelming amount of zombie films, and I think especially for the spooky month uh, that we're releasing this special for, it was... Exciting to take a look at because zombies are unique to film, you know, you look at like a Frankenstein, uh, uh, vampires, you know, any kind of spooky monster category. They were born in books. Zombies were born on film, uh, and uh, it was it was just great to have a deep dive into.
0: And how deep did you go as far as like researching and like the essential films? Or you have so many zombie movie- well, you so many zombie movies. Then you have the ones that are rated really high already, sure. or at least other pe- you know what I mean would have been kind of critically reviewed. But as far as like zombies go, how far back in the culture did you go? And mm. just like when was zombie used for the first time in film? Like re- how f- did you go all the way that? kind of- Yeah, I was trying to have a deep dive
1: into what was the first zombie. Zombie film. That's what this project started off of. Uh, and, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, definitely evolved a little bit while watching. Uh, to be a couple things, I think for folks at home, my objectives going into this are: what makes a, a zombie a zombie? You know, what is the progression of zombies on screen? What are the tropes of a zombie film that makes a zombie film? Yeah. Because there's a lot of you know rage virus and different type of things out there that. May not encapsulate what zombies are about, uh, and more than anything, navigating the huge and i mean huge amount of crappy zombie films out there, yeah, you like know?
0: you 're like yeah, you have classic like kind of horror spooky like Halloween just mm-hmm. October movies, and then you have this subgenre of zombie movies, which is on its own massive
1: absolutely, absolutely, navigating that and and what 's worth your time that that 's what it really snapped back to, but it definitely started as a project to say. What was the first zombie film? There was some stuff in the 30s, I believe. There was obviously some international stuff. Uh, There is voodoo kind of ritual roots to what maybe looks like a zombie on screen, but plainly i can say especially after a lot of research and a lot of watching this movie progression that uh once again fabulously gone through in the beginning uh <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> i just don't think i
0: just don't think so
1: i think you, you rattle them off it's good it's it's great no,
0: i come i read a list that's in front of me i turn on the mics make sure they're working and then i read a list and then you do all the magic
1: right right uh but going through that navigating these zombie films. And I think, uh, again, uh, to the type of... The type of projects I like to get curious with with films is that what is worth your time, what is worth my time a mm-hmm. little bit yep. as well, uh, but what can we see through the progression of zombies on screen? How do the tropes evolve, and more importantly, what do the filmmakers do with those tropes to create fresh ideas and fresh movie experiences? Does that make sense? Absolutely. There we go. There uh, we
0: go. And I think let's get started with what you were talking about, the, not not the first zombie movie. But really, but damn close to it, and things that really genre starting, mm-hmm. trend setting, things like that, groundbreaking. We're gonna take us back to 1968. It doesn't even have a rating. It's not even rated as far as R or anything like that. You're right. Right. Uh, hour and 36 minutes. It's uh, Night of the Living Dead, directed by George A. Romero.
1: Night of the Living Dead. It is going to be the first time that we see what. And it was important for me to tap into this because if I'm going to set what the objective of this type of watch list is about. Uh, It's making sure that you can see the first time that we actually see zombies as we know them on film and the tropes of zombie films as we know them. Luckily, it does really start with George Romero and John Russo uh, on this film.
0: Yeah, John Russo is another key factor in this, right? Exactly, not directing, but but writing right there with yes. with Romero. The,
1: the that is the film duo, and very important to dive into because as we go into the the bulkhead uh, of many zombie films to come in the de- in the decades to come, it is going to be a, a lot to unpack and find out what zombies, uh, zombie movies are worth your time. I think the split of this core team illustrates a little bit of a story that I'll go into once we get into the 80s. Uh, but important to know that this is the source and I'm happy to say that Night of the Living Dead is iconic because all of the pieces are there. All, all of the ingredients in the soup of what makes a zombie film are there. Very typical... Not really, our characters are not really sure how the outbreak happens. I think the mystery of the outbreak is always key to the zombie film. And the vast majority of the film is getting caught in a place, uh, survival themes, barricading, maybe getting filled in by a radio television premise, and fighting off the hordes of the living dead. It is all right here in Night of the Living Dead and may be a little bit proto, a little bit early on. I'll touch on a moment of the zombies themselves aren't maybe the most Uh menacing. Okay, Uh okay, okay. okay. Um, But it was awesome to see in 68, in black and white, the start of what will be Almost Such every a, zombie yeah. film in its DNA. Oh, talk uh, it, about it's, it is, or, uh, trendsetting. Absolutely. It yeah. is all right here, uh, plain and simple. Um, uh, let's touch on the, the soundtrack a little bit because I think it is probably the outlier when looking at zombie films as a tense horror. The soundtracks will evolve, obviously, for some of the 70s, 80s. It's very synthy and spooky, but mm-hmm. this has a very Bernard Herman feel, uh, a very uh, Hitchcock- uh, almost the, the sci-fi type of uh, horror or creature or feature movies that we get in the 50s uh, and earlier 60s, that is the type of feel here that it's, uh, these are freaks of nature uh, and that presentation I think goes a long way to give the film some charm uh, and make up for some of the areas where it does, I mean if we're gonna be calling this a horror movie, it does lack some scares because of its its age, you know, zombie zombies are walking on screen they're not necessarily gory we do get some nude zombies on screen which is which is interesting Oh really Yeah uh maybe maybe not fully nude i think we see some we see Breast. some breasts <laughs> <laughs> but that's
0: interesting maybe that's why it wasn't rated maybe this would have been back in the i mean back in the day in 68 this must have been a very then Sure Sure, <laughs> interesting film to come out. It, this might have been a movie that, like, you don't tell people you went and saw. You're right, right. You know, a little, so, a
1: little too campy, a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, uh, you definitely. Know, yeah.
0: So it doesn't, it doesn't feel. Um, just because you know, just because you have an older movie doesn't mean you can't have through and through spooky or vibe. You know, you mm-hmm. look at like the, some of Hitchcock's Hitchcock, absolutely, stuff and that represents. But this trying to find what it is, some of those musical scores and what the zombies look like and everything mm-hmm. like that it doesn't quite. Um, it's taking you in and out of like a genre mm-hmm. or a horror genre. Kind of, mm-hmm. would you say so, or like? I
1: think so. I think I think it makes up. Why why I wanted to note the soundtrack is because it's it's very iconic when you hear it. It's like, Woo-hoo! oh, okay, you know? right, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it does a good bit to sell a black and white horror film that, by today's standards, is really not scary. And maybe by '68 standards was pretty horrifying. But you know, again, a, a a almost a constant feature that I think will come up in. My criticism of older film there is no point in watching this thinking you're in the in the theaters back in the day we were watching this in the here and now yeah yep. uh so i think that's that's some of the palatability of watching an older film it helps uh the soundtrack that is so okay um, when it comes to uh a, a lot of what the zombies are about i mean again right in my objectives for this specials folks um we, we're, we're talking about the zombies themselves uh the There is the establishment of fear of fire, uh, gotta chop them uh, in the head or destroy the brain in some sort of way. I don't believe they call them zombies by name just yet. It is the living dead. Uh, and we'll actually play into some of the legal battles we see later on in the 80s, okay, which okay. I'm very excited to detail uh, and dive into. But for the most part... This one's pretty easy to find because, yes, there is there are zombies in earlier films of that they are voodoo-possessed uh, and they are transfixed by a spell, and I'm not even saying that that is ruled out entirely here for how the zombie mm-hmm. outbreak happens. I think what this film does so great, or at least one of the two main f- things that this film does so great, is that the mystery of what the hell is going on is really suspenseful because you don't know why. Why these zombies are starting you don't know what the affliction is uh, immediately and there's a very real problem solving that happens as a story plot line to say how are we surviving
0: you know that's so interesting you watch a zombie movie now we all know what zombies are and we all know like you know the the um i don't know the fun campiness of like how to kill a zombie and there's zombie survival books and everything like that but Mm -hmm. it's interesting back then you know, you have the characters naturally figuring out how to what how to deal with zombies and stuff, which still happens in movies today. Mm-hmm. But literally, while writing this, it's probably just like, okay, we have these people, we have these weird. Literally, the subtitle of this is, "They won't stay dead." Right. right. So it's like it's almost like the writers and as audience almost it's like, what do you do? Like, how how would you do this? And then the people in the movie are also doing that. Yeah. Very fun. Very. It's the
1: introduction of a creature, and it's. I don't think we as a viewing audience have an opportunity to see the origins of such an iconic creature and know what it's about, and then see for the first time it being presented on film and on packed on film and so it really was worth your time to see those origins where you could say again to my point the zombies are really not menacing at all Uh, even when uh, they're up in your face and trying to claw uh, at, at the characters on screen. You're like, all right, you know, it's 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 not scary in that way, but it's it's fascinating to watch them unpack the horror yeah. of wait, they don't die? You know, we have to now board <laughs> up the windows, you know. That's it's very interesting.
0: Um, as far as so at sixty eight, how was like gore? I mean, gore starting to become a little bit more in films. Mm-hmm. You have like Vietnam War era stuff coming out a little mm-hmm. bit, like mm-hmm. and gore definitely with movies is changing. Was it super gory? Was it because it's black and white, they just went for feel and emotion more?
1: I think I, I don't know if the black and white was a choice of maybe trying trying to make the gore pop out a little bit more. I think the gore definitely takes a back seat. Uh, Luckily, by 10 years later, when Romero revisits this idea with Dawn of the Dead... That is cranked up to what you would expect out of a zombie film, uh, okay. with disembowelments and yada yada right, that right, type right, right. Of stuff. Uh, so it is tame on that level as well. Yeah. Um, and again, I, th- I think that criticism does have to come at it in the sense that you know, zombie films are horror films. We obviously see later on in the genre uh, or or in the topic of this, the subject matter of zombies, comedy more and more being interwoven into the films.
0: Uh, but I think it's also just the sheer number of zombies. Material too, mm-hmm. especially when you hit 2000s. It's just like, well, we can go, you know what I mean? We can there, go it, direct, there is serious, yeah. but then there's comedy. Absolutely, the be interesting because if you look at our list, really, it stops in or you know, it doesn't quite even hit the 2010s, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that's when like maybe some TV takes over. Actually, mm-hmm. sure, you have you know, Walking when, Dead, and right? Indiana. You're exactly, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, uh, some other highlights uh, of this film are the characters themselves, you do have uh, the Slight, slight beginnings of the trope uh, that is almost in every zombie film, as far as modern, modern day is considered. That you know, man is the real threat. Uh, man is the mm. real enemy uh, here, and man's intentions. Uh, there's some of that here mostly though it's squashed in a very good way that the characters on screen are so competent. Uh it was refreshing oh, really? to watch effective problem solving in a horror film <laughs> especially after watching so many bad yeah, horror yeah, we... films as of late. Uh Dwayne Jones the uh the the actor actually won uh historically as well this film is one of the first films that has a uh, a male black lead uh as mm. the as the as the main character ben is his character and man he is just he's got this situation on lockdown he is just handling everything so effectively and it's really a delight to see on film because it's like wow i mean not that he knows what to do with zombies but he's like yeah we gotta board up the windows we gotta make sure we have escape routes we have you know <laughs> we gotta listen to we the radio we talked about this
0: before the competent people watching competent people in movies that's like what you want it's enjoyable that's <laughs> like um, it's it's what uh, makes Han Solo so great mm-hmm. Rad, like old Han Solo rather than what they've done to new Han <laughs> right. Solo it's like you want competent you exactly. want competent people Um, again are, there's like a realism to it it's like okay we're in this situation you're either yeah. gonna get like mass hysteria because people are freaking out of zombies and then you're going to have like problem solvers true problem solvers trying to get to the bottom of this what exactly. what can we do to stay alive it, and-
1: it's an immersive factor because i think a lot of the joy and again if we're going to be talking about the early tropes of survival uh and kind of what an audience member would do if they were in that shoes. It's enjoyable watching someone effectively do that because if you don't have that as an audience member, Mm -hmm. you're like, wow, they're really, you know, I'm, I'm invested in the character. And more importantly, if you do think of movies like that, and especially zombie films, it doesn't
0: take you out of it. I think... Keeps you gauged. Exactly. Because it can go either way. It's either taking you out, which is really rooting, or it's just like it's it's grabbing you even more. Yeah. We talked
1: about the first Evil Dead fairly recently, and it was. I can't tell you how much I was taken out of that film because it was like these characters are, are. buffoons these are these are idiotic yeah characters. And it's
0: not like yeah yeah
1: and it, it's it's not engaging certainly that was more so comedy vibes and and maybe the butt of the joke is that but uh it was it was great to see because i think the engagement that we see in if survival is going to be a theme and more importantly again if we're setting up these tropes these themes these motifs uh in these movies you got to know how it's done right and how it looks when it's being done right to draw a contrast of when it's going wrong, it's really going wrong. You have some of that. There's some good scares, uh, believe it or not, in this film. Uh, Most of that is through tension. Most of that is through our group of characters kind of degrading and their sanity degrading, which once again, uh, the first time we're seeing that kind of being put in place. You know, the, the endless hordes of the dead are a almost an, uh, a man versus nature type of conflict mm-hmm. uh, that we're trapped in a confined space and we have to figure out how to live and how to survive. Uh, I think it was great to see that the horror was understood in that movie, in, in Night of the Living Dead, especially so early for 68, that it is about what's going on in the living people's minds the fear that happens yeah, to them and yeah. that's really going to sell the fear versus a jump scare or some gore on screen it's right. there in the dna uh which again is is huge and incredible to see the you know it, it, again the starting ground of what we know Almost 100% what zombies are about. We know everything about it. It's exciting to see it start. Also, the unraveling of the threat, I think, is where this movie, if I have to really get it down to a bottom line, why is watching such an old film worth your time? Uh, I think unraveling the threat, they understood exactly what they needed to do, and almost every zombie film uh, does it since. It is experiencing the threat. It is bunkering down and having that survival element, and then it's getting info dumps outside of where the threat is—right, is right. Radio or TV for *A Night of the Living Dead* because it's a little bit earlier. It was exclusively radio, but right. it was so fascinating to see that the description of how to deal with the dead uh, and uh, what what our characters should be doing, and that fueling ideas. Right, you said
0: for- you, you said it uh, like the DNA, and that's mm-hmm. like the DNA of this film is t- like totally through. The coming zombie movies over the next how many yeah. decades? Absolutely. That, it's almost, I, don't, I don't want to say refreshing, but like I think that's incredible mm-hmm. because you could have had such horrible, horrible zombie movies for mm-hmm. the f- almost for the first decade, and we would almost all be like, "Oh, that's understandable. We're trying to understand the You're genre, right. you know, getting into it." Yep. But like right off the bat, it's hitting these marks absolutely, and like and setting the trend. Kind of mm-hmm. very cool, very yeah. very cool.
1: And that's why I, I I was so positive on it because again, I can't stress enough if if. There's almost like a practical indicator to say like, well, if the zombies aren't scary, then what's the kind of the point of the zombie film? There is really good here to to watch as a modern day.
0: There's emotion uh, in it. Yes. There, yeah. Uh,
1: and, and fascinating to watch it all start with that. And I think uh, that really boils down to a lot of factors that create a baseline of. What is a zombie film? What are zombies, and what do characters do under that very specific kind of man versus you know natural force conflict mm-hmm. and the fact that something so early, if not the very first, you know defining yeah. the genre it 's there that 's very exciting for me to watch uh, yeah I, I think when it comes down to a lot of what is done to build scares and build tension, again, just relating real quick back to the radio and the info dumps. You could even say that's maybe even a little bit sloppy writing to have something so like jammed down the audience's throat mm-hmm. but it's great because we've watched the whole film them trying to stumble through a situation, those info dumps are almost catch-up for the whole film. And maybe, uh, again, going to a point that if you did not know what a zombie was about, we need to make sure you're introduced to what the stakes are here and what the threat is, especially if that threat's not very real with an unmenacing-looking zombie. I think the film does a good job of covering that and becoming a little bit more timeless Uh, instead of just visually saying uh, the zombies are a threat we need to we need to be scared of them well they 're not really scary in this. How do we communicate that fear elsewhere? It is through those 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 information dumps I love it yeah the, I, I think other than that i mean i i can I can praise the competent characters until the cow comes home. <laughs> I mean really that that is a positive note, but other than that, not a living dead, I think hits for me as a, very much a should watch i don 't think it it crosses over into a must watch because again, I think bottom line. With the passage of time, there are going to be m- better iterations of what's going on here. That said, it was a phenomenal watch to see the origin of it, and exciting for that reason yeah, yeah. as well. With that said, though, we will go ahead and give The Night of the Living Dead a
0: 78. Uh, a is really good. I mean, mm-hmm. for the first true movie in the genre, to right. hit that 78, that's, that's huge. And... I like that you got it a 78. Like, it isn't a must watch as far as just a singular film is is, is involved. But, I mean, I bet you would recommend to almost every audience that you actually should watch it if you're about kind of the horror genre. Because it it is like. It's, it's so crucial mm-hmm. just in the history of all of it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Wow, very good. 78 is a very good score for such an old first, right. first film. <laughs> yes, a in, very in campy horror film. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I really wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: I, and I wasn't either. You know, uh, watching it, it was just more so, must has a joy. I felt it was necessary for the project of what this is about, mm-hmm. what this special is about, to say, well, if I'm really going to be calling heads or tails on whether a film does a good job with zombies, I better know the origin of it. Mm-hmm. it was amazing to watch this whole film unfold and say, wow, this actually wrote the book on what that criteria is, yeah. you know? Wow. Um, so.
0: That's really good. That's awesome to hear. And um, well, so our next one, like you said, we're 10 years later and same director, uh, George A. Romero. Mm-hmm. And he comes back to the genre with, with what a name that everybody knows, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know it for the 2004 version, but yes. this is 1978 we're in here. Um, much longer as well. Mm-hmm how does how does he return to it how, what do we get
1: it's interesting so we have a 10 year gap here in between Night of the Living Dead 68 and Dawn of the Dead 78 there's obviously a lot of iterations of what a zombie is. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, I believe there's a lot of Italian films that touch into zombies. Wow, uh, a lot of a lot of Italian horror was flourishing at that time, okay. early '70s, late '60s. So, a lot of interpretations happened there. It is amazing to see Romero come back and be like, yeah. I, I wrote I'm this. The- <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> so, um, Very cool. refreshing to see because it's like, there, There's some weird aspects to Dawn of the Dead. Uh, essentially, we have a 30-minute a in- introduction of our characters, almost very a la Billy Friedkin's style of how he makes movies, reminded me of The Exorcist, reminded me of Sorcerer, uh, in the introduction of our ensemble cast in many different spots. Mm-hmm. And then we finally get into it. And if you don't know anything about this movie, this is what took the idea of being trapped in a place uh, and having to board up the windows and survive. And that theme of survival is taken to a very... Visually fun re- representation because they are trapped in a mall, and this is where that mm-hmm. mall zombie comes into play. Uh, the evolution of the zombies really isn't much. The zombies are still very much Walking Dead. They are not fast. They are okay. not smart. They still fear fire. You know these tropes are still here. And Romero returning to this was was so interesting because honestly, I, I haven't watched a huge amount of. His, his his films, but you could definitely tell he was walking around a mall one day and he said, wouldn't it be great to hel- be held up in here and say, Oh, wait. I invented zombies. You know, I can revisit this premise very fresh, very well,
0: exciting. Do you think it was very much so, okay, okay, we're 10 years back, I, like, this is my genre I created. <laughs> Did it feel like, let's step up everything. We're no longer in a house. Let's make, you know, where we're stuck a bigger, bigger. Let's sure. make the zombies more. Let's make them a little bit more gruesome. Like, do you mm-hmm. think everything was just about stepping it up?
1: I don't know. Not in, like, a blockbuster way. I think, and I obviously don't know. I mean, I haven't dived into the the real behind the scenes Right, we're of just this. looking at it. Yeah, for what it is. Yeah, um, it's more so. It, it feels like there is true inspiration to the idea that you can do something new with the concept right. of zombies in a new setting and have it really evolve. Right. The movie.
0: D- right. The DNA is there. Yep. But we're, but we're evolving. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say I want to I want a little bit more focus on the first thirty minutes because I think it's the roughest part of the film and and. It's rough for a few reasons. The script is, I would say, probably at its worst. Uh, there's some out of left field stuff. What we're doing is we're coming into this where the world's really kind of going to shit and everyone is is panicking. That's how they land, our characters land in the mall uh, to uh, find an escape and find a place that they can bunker down. Mm-hmm. It's The script is a little bit out there for that reason and it's it's a little bit... I don't know. uh, Brutal, I guess, uh, would be the word I want to say. It's important to note, though, because, though it does introduce our our ensemble cast, our squad, basically. Yep. uh, And once again, a, a, a... a theme, a motif of zombie films is the squad of who you're bunkering down with. Maybe all walks of life, maybe people that you would normally not band together with. You know, you're pushed together because of the survival. Yes, So it does a good job at that because they do really come from opposite ends of everything. The script is just... Man, it's uh, that first thirty minutes almost constantly. I was just saying what, <laughs> which I don't know if That's it's interesting. because Romero is now alone without John Russo. Uh, right, right. Once again, for but, but but why
0: only in the first half an hour? You know what I mean? It's like it's like what happened there. It's
1: before we get to the mall. It's before we have a real confrontation with zombies, and it's it's I, I think it definitely highlights it because once they get to the mall. That movie's magic. So, <laughs> uh, it,
0: it really it hits a, in such a good way. So it's almost like it's almost like uh, George A. Romero. It's just like it's like he is just so good when it comes to <laughs> right. sheltered zombie movies. Yeah, <laughs> and anything else he struggles with Get him
1: behind uh, wood boards and nails, he's golden. <laughs> you know, <laughs> interesting, yeah. But that that really goes into my my next point with Get Us in the Mall. It is it is so so great. It, it it was it was it was amazing to watch, especially in in modern day, because I feel like the mall is such a overplayed zombie thing. You know, it it is. Well, uh, it is now to us exactly. You know, uh, there's obviously the analogy of mindless shoppers, and there's almost like a social commentary there of them being trapped in the mall. Mm-hmm. Yep. As far as the evolution of zombies, again, what is in the DNA of the monster that we're we're studying here, folks? Uh, it is. You know, you fi- you have an introduction that these zombies are coming back to a routine when they're not feeding on brains. They're falling back into maybe some semblance of who they are, and that creates a tiny bit of drama and a little bit of a, oh, interesting a spin. You know, there there is an evolution there. It's not just the same exact zombies. The zombies are a lot more brutal now, uh, which is
0: great. Um, yeah, it's it's, um, it's interesting. Like like the gore has stepped up and everything like that mm-hmm. as well. Correct. Which, which brings me back to the first one, Night of the Living Dead, because it's like, you didn't need them to be, now that we have decades of zombie movies, mm. you know, putting yourself back then you don't need extra added scare or creepiness to gore because mm. the audience alone has never seen something like this. Sure. So the audience is just like, oh my gosh, wait, they're not dying. You can't mm-hmm. kill them. So mm-hmm. seeing another human come up, another human that doesn't have a lot of makeup or anything like that, it's already so scary. Right, right. And him almost recognizing that, it's like, okay, well, if you had 10 years of other people making movies, like here we are now, like next iteration, Romero comes back mm-hmm. in and says, okay, how do I get that same fear factor from those people? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's dress them up a little bit more. Absolutely.
1: Dress them up a little bit more, amp up the volume. Volume. of course we have much more of a horde than was night and the living Dead there's right. a, there's a good head count in night the living Dead believe it or not right but this um, you
0: just because you have the space of the mall as well exactly. the, the numbers are way up yeah exactly any returning um real quick any returning cast
1: no but once again the the african-american lead is the best most effective person <laughs> i forget the actor's name oh okay uh but he he is so effective it kind of becomes a a trope in even when we go into return of the living Dead, that that. <laughs> You know, constantly there are people losing their shit uh, in the panic of everything that happens. These characters, they cut it down pat. That's what it's, you want to see. Exactly. There's going to be
0: going to have hyper hysterical characters, and then people that just like mm-hmm. I'm in this situation, like with it. And of course, you always want to be that guy, exactly. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. And so you, so you're you're drawn to him just visually mm-hmm. and, and engage with him probably most while he's on. Exactly. Screen.
1: It's very yeah. much the rule of cool. It's what we would all hope to be <laughs> yes. and, and have our shit together. Right. You right. Know? There. Once we get in the mall, there is such genuine excitement on film it was almost an anomaly to watch because <laughs> these aren't played as comedic these aren't played as i don't know uh, the brevity or, or the lightness of the situation doesn't distract from the horror of them being trapped in the with a lot of zombies it, w- it creates such excitement when they realize they can run around the zombies and, and outrun them. Oh. Uh, when the characters are now planning, how do we lock down and secure an entire mall? How do we kill all the zombies in the mall? <laughs> it was, the-, the-, the music is happy. The music is light and jovial. And it- I can't tell you. But it fit. Yes, exactly. It worked so, so well. It should have been the entire film. That first 30 minutes should have been just them in the mall uh, in some some way. And it works in a way that, obviously, later on, zombies being a naturally goofy concept, you see slowly and slowly comedy being paired with horror. And... you know, it's uh,
0: dangerous. It can be dangerous. It's dangerous territory.
1: Absolutely, and I think more often than not, that's probably a miss. And we'll talk a little bit about the legacies of these films going forward. Yeah. But man, there is a as an audience member, you have the same excitement of "Wow, we just found a gun store in this mall!" <laughs> uh, <laughs> as the characters on screen to say "Wow, right. like this is amazing." <laughs> going shopping, there's a there's a real. There's a real genuine excitement to those scenes, and it was amazing to watch for that reason because it's not played off as a comedy. It's not played off to detract from the horror. It's just... An, almost like a Christmas scene and there's a natural excitement on film for that that's reason. That's
0: so interesting. And like you said, we're so used to seeing so much comedy interwoven in our oh, zombie movies totally. now when you have zombie land and things like mm-hmm. that. We're, but it's really, it, it's almost like in the roots. Mm-hmm. It really comes, you know, that's it's interesting.
1: Exactly. There's uh, Maybe it relates to the freedom of it. Uh, you yeah. Know, society is collapsing. There's a freedom there to... There is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, the, there's. There's... A lot to unpack there, and obviously, I want to keep this very, you know, or as spoiler-free as possible uh, with right. the with the film. But uh, it is it is something to watch because it's done in such a good way, and I, I can Again, it does not detract or uh, distract from. What is the real horror of? They got a lot of zombies they're dealing with on their hands, right, and right. it's a small squad. You know, it's a small head count, so it, it's just great. Uh, these, I, I think, more than anything, why I want to focus on it so much because it's a huge highlight for this film uh, of keeping a brisk and fun feeling to an otherwise really downer film. Uh, as okay. any zombie film would be. Right. But it shows as a trope, again, for the evolution of what this uh, this kind of watch list is about, that comedy naturally exists in zombies. Zombies are goofy. You can run by right past them. You know, they're dumb. Right. They're not strategic creatures. Right, you right. Know? It's true, yeah. Uh, so it was uh, it was good to see because... Again, if if uh, if this is about focusing on what is the progression, what is the tropes of what a zombie is, zombie DNA, uh, once again, comedy is now being interwoven and evolving and, on this second almost iteration. important. Yes, um, yes. Absolutely. Important to the digestibleness of a film, yeah, yeah. you know. How enjoyable is it really to watch? So, yeah, and, and for that reason Don is definitely a little bit sillier and I think definitely starts to really lean more into man being the true threat, whether that's the panic within a group, whether that is outsider interaction with the plot. I I think it's probably for worse because that's where I saw that trope and I said, oh well, I know where this is going. For me, I think it falls into a little bit more area of predictability. I know that's kind of tough to say because of course we're watching earlier films, we're going back, you know, we're we're intentionally trying to spot where these these trends start. I think for me, that's where the film really grows weak. It hits such a magic moment in them Trying to problem solve and survive effectively within a mall. And it's such a delight to watch them on screen. Uh, build a plan of action. Yeah. It was it, it's it's almost a, a similar way of how a heist movie scratches that itch in your mind. But when it when it comes down to a little bit of where that plot un- or that plan unravels in a bad way, and where the zombies are repeatedly introduced to be a force you cannot survive around, um, that's where I think the film grows a little bit weaker for me. It's still very enjoyable, but I think anyone watching that. After a moment... It's going to feel that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're really going to feel that. Uh, and and I think that's even regardless of whether you are a avid zombie watcher or not. Overall, I think this film has a little bit too much fat on it, too. Uh, a lot is focused on the individual relationships of our main squad. I think some of it is brought home in a good way. Others is just kind of left there. Uh, and it made me wonder... Is this just a, a, the message that the plot has and the movie has that, you know, no matter how special you think you are, you're not above potentially being in a, you know, in the horde, you know, mm-hmm. one of the many horde. Uh, I think that's probably a factor there in in the message that Romero is trying to get across in this movie, much like it would be the the analogy of the living dead being in a mall and kind of mindless consumers. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I think it it comes off, a little bit too much. Uh, th- again, what I have it marked down as is a little bit just too much fat.
0: Okay. Could be trimmed a little bit. That makes sense. It is two hours and seven minutes for exactly. a zombie movie, yeah.
1: And, and I think that plays right into like, that opening as yeah, well. Yeah, cut out 30
0: minutes mm. and you're right there. You're you right put there. Put me in
1: the mall. It's great. Yeah. It's, oh man. It, it really, that, that that those sections of the movie are magic. Uh, there's just such a genuine excitement to it. But I think it's a landmark film. Very simply, if I had to put. Credence in Night of the Living Dead versus Dawn of the Dead. It's going to be tough to say which one is more integral because I think Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. really drives home uh, the DNA of the zombie, but not scary zombies, where Dawn of the Dead has scary zombies, but maybe loses some of that simplicity that drives home what a zombie film is about.
0: Very interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, I and- love that it's the same director, and I love that he's building on things, mm-hmm. and um you know, thank God it was almost him that that brought this genre to us. I
1: know. Who knows I what know. the zombie
0: genre could have been had we had other directors. Exactly. You know what I mean? exactly. Um, wow, very interesting. Yeah.
1: I think, you know, where it's golden zombies plus mall I, I think just very simply he was you know Romero was probably just walking through a mall and be like mm, it'd be good to hold up there and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> which is great That that's really an electric plot uh, but that's where it kind of comes aside one last note uh, real quick uh, before we get into the ratings is this film is in licensing hell you cannot find this on any streaming service uh, you will find the 2004 Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead yeah, it's everywhere. which uh, is everywhere and almost makes you think is this is that the definitive way to watch the movie I would definitely say no we're not touching on that movie in this special uh, for a couple reasons but (laughs) it is extremely hard uh, to try to find this film and and watch it Uh, I would I want to almost bump it in a rating because of that because I don't like licensing problems preventing us from watching a film especially something so much of a landmark as this right it's something to note because if this is going to be a practical watching guide and you take this you you listen to this episode at home folks and you want to do the same kind of deep dive into these films and, uh, and, right. and enjoy be, it on that be, level be prepared be prepared it's going to be pulling teeth probably that's a YouTube watch maybe that's an illegal watch you know uh, or hard copy sure sure uh, hard copy as well, very hard to find. Uh, very it, strange. It is. It's tough. Uh, we'll go into some of the licensing, but I felt that though was important to note because, man, uh, that nothing sucks more than, especially with increasingly digital media, uh, the option to watch something this much of a landmark taken away from a viewing audience. Yeah. So, uh, but with that said, Dawn of the Dead, Mall of the Dead, <laughs> we are going to go ahead and give that a 79. Oh, a 79. Mm-hmm. I
0: thought it was going to crack the 80s. Definitely the way you were talking about it.
1: I I, I thought so for a while so too. Just, just
0: just one notch just above. Just exactly one notch above Night of the Living Dead.
1: And if anything I do really uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. I I do want to relay that both of those are almost just as integral to the zombie mm-hmm. watching yeah. experience. Oh, but yeah. Uh, but because that point difference is so, you know, uh, so negligible, uh, it, it's Almost pick your poison. You know, pick pick what you want to dive into. I if think both, I,
0: I think I would pair both together. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. In the end, of the, yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, seventy nine. Still very very good. It's mm-hmm. Especially when you're dealing with a zombie movie, mm-hmm. that it's so mm-hmm. close to like, yeah, this this is almost all time stuff that you should be watching. Right. Right. Uh, very cool. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. But okay, so let's just keep it going here. So our third film on the list here, The Return of the Living Dead. Yes. By Dan O'Bannon.
1: So, basically what happens in a little bit about this, and why I was so excited to talk about this, folks, is because in researching zombie films in general, not only are there a shotgun blast of zombie films of varying quality, most bad, uh, that you would have to research and dive into there is a very confusing split of the main Romero line of what these zombie films and what zombie sequels there are to the main line of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, because you
0: have Night of the Living Dead. This is the Mm -hmm. return of the Living Dead. Exactly. And Romero's nowhere to be found on this.
1: Exactly. So what we we have is uh, Night of the Living Dead... Co written by John Russo uh, and directed by Jorge Romero. Mm -hmm. Dawn of the Dead, to my knowledge, John Russo isn't coming back at all uh, for that interaction. That is all 100%. All
0: Romero and Romero writing as well. Exactly. Jump forward to
1: 85. uh, Nine
0: years later, after Dawn. Exactly.
1: George Romero is making Day of the Dead, uh, the next sequel. Uh, And if you really like Dawn of the Dead, I think just a quick tidbit for Day of the Dead, it's worth your time. But I didn't want to focus on it because mainly for the scope of what this watch list is about, it doesn't really do anything with the evolution of the zombies. It's more of what works and what doesn't work.
0: Romero hit his limit. He, he should have just stopped after the first two films and mm-hmm. not go on to his third.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, and for the study of evolution and zombies, I think that was important to shine a light on the other main film series is the Return of the Living Dead film series. John Russo, the very same year as Day of the Dead, uh, is making his own film. And now through legal battles, through... So
0: bad blood between these two.
1: I believe so. Initially, there was a lot of bad blood. I believe actually uh, Romero consulted on Return of the Living Dead, and then it got a little messy. Overall, Jeez. what this results is is the licensing hell that Dawn of the Dead is in. Okay. Uh, and as well, a very confusing way to approach this series because by all intents and purposes, if you started with Night of the Living Dead and then went to Return of the Living Dead, you would have whiplash because Return of the Living Dead is a straight-up comedy. Uh, wow. Total opposite end. Jeez, was it so... In- yeah. Uh, and, and a nightmare to try to navigate. As a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Because have you, have you told me, is like, Tom, I want you to make a zombie list or essential mommy movies, mm-hmm. or, or give me a list so we can see progression of zombie movies. Mm-hmm. I would have to go and watch eighty movies, right? And then try to work my way through this, and, and like trying to get through the things. It's like that's confusing, mm-hmm. especially for a start mm-hmm. of a genre. It's
1: it, it, it's in the same year. It's too much it's, homework. Oh yeah, my yeah. god! It's 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 a lot to to focus on. A uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead goes on to have, I believe, three or four sequels in, as well. And much like the Of the Dead series, that. Dips more and more in quality, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, Return of the Living Dead almost catastrophically drops in quality by the second one. But I think it is my slot for this 85 year because out of the two, Day of the Dead, it's more of what we're expecting from Romero. Return of the Living Dead is pretty shocking as far as the comedy and what directions they go with. Okay, yeah. And especially for the evolution of the zombies. Basically, what this movie is about is... A fourth wall breaking type of environment where Night of the Living Dead, the movie itself, is in the universe. And a true story uh, to the characters. Okay. The intro is really great for that reason because it breaks the fourth wall in the best way that it's taking... And almost really intentionally shining a spotlight on the goofiness of zombies, maybe some of the goofiness of Night of the Living Dead, and having the characters talk about it like audiences would talk about it. The film uses that as a premise for constantly subverting expectations of what zombies truly are and more and more kind of improvising on we really don't know the threat and that's where all the comedy in this film rises right So
0: i mean honestly it it almost it sounds like it could be an absolute nightmare
1: <laughs> It's yeah Uh
0: yeah, you know seriously it sounds yeah. like that doesn't sound necessarily appealing and to do sounds to make it good sounds really difficult
1: Yeah uh this this film i think is Important to watch for how comedy in zombie films can play into it. Uh when it comes to the actual quality of this film, this film is extremely eighties from mm. one of the most wild soundtracks. Like it's like, like it's 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 that cranked up to eleven. Um <laughs> Uh, the characters themselves are a motley crew of almost every 80s archetype, uh, from punk to uh, mod to valley girl. It, it, uh, it's, yeah. It's a combination of a lot of factors. It, it's almost <laughs> odd how much of a time capsule it is, because it's like, in 85, were these Were these dress styles really that ingrained? I don't know. I mean, it it felt weird almost, but it is a straight comedy because it plays a lot of the sequences just with, you know, it takes that panic of the need for survival and takes it and puts it with people that have no right surviving uh, because they're just bumbling buffoons.
0: Mm. We we lose our competent characters exactly. Exactly,
1: I think in that it fails as a horror. In that it fails a tiny bit as our zombie DNA, but I still think it's important to watch because the evolution of the zombies, it shows that it takes that factor of zombies naturally being goofy and amps it up, and it also kind of, in this fourth wall breaking way mm-hmm. of the Night of the Living Dead being canonical in their own universe... Uh, it takes that factor and say, do we really know what zombies are about? It almost questions it in an artistic way of zombies can be anything. Uh, and that's what is improvised on in the film for comedic beats and probably failed horror beats as well.
0: Yeah, sure. But it's it's very interesting how here we are later from kind of that original what we think of movies. Mm-hmm. and And this is important. The reason why we have so many of those other zombie movies, mm-hmm. and maybe you could say bad zombie movies. But this is the start of those, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Not that this is bad, but just the goofiness of it mm-hmm. nonstop. Yeah. Or full stop, I should say. Uh, yeah, it, it, the, and, the
1: goofiness and, is there. And and again, bottom line, if I had to really break it down to an exact formula, it's the zombie scares are not used for anything but subverting expectations of what zombies are about and what that comes into play is a very goofy zombie. The result is a very goofy yeah, zombie. Yeah, and, inter-
0: and that's what I'm saying with this film after this. It opens up the box for anybody who wants to do zombie movies mm-hmm. just like oh well this is this is giving us the ability to let's do whatever we want with our zombies in our film. Mm-hmm. Who cares about the structure of the Romero? We Apparently, we can do whatever we want now. Absolutely. We, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, Russo definitely takes that into the whole uh, Return of the Living Dead series. Uh, I believe, again, up to three or four films, maybe even more. Uh, but they're all, all pretty much comedies for that reason.
0: And still all writing? Or did he get behind the director's chair in some of them? I, mean, I think this, it's this is Dan all, O'Brien. Exactly. Or Dan O'Bannon.
1: I think it's all his stories that are being adapted. Okay. Uh, okay. But... Again, I'm not going to focus on it too much because much like Of the Dead, the Living Dead series, uh, it kind of goes down uh, more and more, uh, becomes more derivative. Definitely, there's better spotlights as we progress through Mm -hmm, the decades. Uh, Let's talk about the zombie DNA. Uh, Of course, we have them uh, evolving. The love of brains comes into play here. More is done with the zombies being a little bit more sentient they 're not uh, without speaking they they do kind of have a a sense of what they 're doing there 's almost like actually some of the probably the better comedic moments are when again these expectations of oh they 're fine to walk through that zombies and then there's something that, you know, they're they're actually planning against the humans, you know, and they're actually very strategic. You know,
0: a lot of those comedic You're getting moments, more competence out yeah, of the zombies now, where exactly. you're losing competence in the characters, Yeah, you're gaining competency yeah. with the zombies.
1: And if that's going to be the, the comedic punchline of almost every joke of the film, I think it does work to a certain extent. I think, it, unfortunately, though you have to choose that very careful balancing act of Mm -hmm. horror and comedy. (laughs) Um, It's done so
0: often, but it's it's not done right often. And and it's just difficult to do.
1: Exactly. I think, I think watching these films and especially going into Shaun of the Dead, which I, I love to death, it's, it's such a delicate balancing act because when it sours, it really strips you out of the movie. Well, it's
0: because they're on polar opposites.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, true
0: horror and true comedy mm-hmm. are in such opposites. Yep. It's, it's almost like, I wonder why these are paired together so often.
1: Yeah, it's emotionally heavy on one side and then the light, breezy side. Yeah, of, you know, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And kind of leaves you in, in, in the mix there. So VFX are very impressive in this one. Wow. Uh, that's also another reason why I wanted to hmm. touch upon that, where the Day of the Dead and the Of the Dead uh, series goes into gross, gross, gross. Uh, The VFX uh, for Return to Living Dead, especially for this first one, they're very impressive because we're pushing, once again, what zombies are about. There are some zombie cadavers. There are some goo radiation type of zombies, which are really fun to watch on screen because they look absolutely ridiculous. But, once again, it's improving and improvisation on the idea of the zombie. I think it's done very well, if only because for this first one, Russo is coming back to the plate, and he has all these fresh ideas after yeah. you know, how many years mm-hmm. since '68. Yep. So, uh, so that practical effects was was really fun to see. Overall, funny at times for its wildness. Again, that motley crew of characters that you have from punks to mall rats you know there's there's some good moments and it's good mostly because of just how wild this film is it this this film strikes a counterculture type of feel much like a Rocky Horror Picture Show would okay Uh, even in uh, um, it's kind of hard to explain but even in the credits how they run the credits it felt like that type of movie okay Uh, replaying gags and replaying jokes in the credits you know it feels like very much of that counterculture early 80s you know intentional A little raunchier, intentionally a little grosser, uh, and and that's for that reason. But for that, it's a little bit of an unfunny film. I understand that's subjective. We'll obviously return to comedy with Shaun of the Dead and how that I feel that lands more successfully. But um, I think why this is on this special is looking at the VFX. Looking at the evolution of zombies and spotlighting what someone did in the same year to improvise on zombies rather than fall in the pitfall yeah. of same old, same old. Sure. With that said, Return of the Living Dead, we're going to go ahead and give a 68.
0: Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. That, so- that sounds about right. 68 still a pretty good score, though. I, I, I mean, especially I, with what you're dealing with, it's like I mean that's impressive because it just you could mess it up so mad when, when you're going for so much comedy. Yeah, it's so easy to just have a horrible, horrible zombie movie on hand. Exactly, exactly. Um, which just sounds like what we get because they stick with the genre, you know. Yeah,
1: and there and there's some enjoyable moments to the historical viewing of this because you realize that this was a split in creators of the of yeah. the OG. Yeah, you know this is the genuine article here, and now they're now they're improvising it in two very different ways and also if you're going to give credit to it it's probably the only good movie in that entire series so (laughs) you know it gets a little bit of a a courtesy spot
0: yeah no for sure Uh, 68 still a good score um, okay, so before we move on to our last two here, we'll just take a quick break. We don't do producer segments for our specials, but we just want to take a quick moment, let people know we're basing ourselves on the value-for-value value model, so we're not taking sponsorships or anything like that. It's purely donation-driven from you all who are the producers. Vin and I host this. You guys help produce it. And you can go to the donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can do fun subscriptions. You can do whatever amount you want. It's, it's just fun. We're building something here. We always appreciate you guys helping us produce. It This takes a lot of time, a little bit of money. So to all you producers out there, we thank you so much. And all you future producers, again, we love you, mm-hmm. and we, we just appreciate it very, very much. So we just want to give that quick shout-out. And let's keep on moving on here. We take a big gap. You have 68, mm-hmm. then you have 78, and then 85 yes. with the Return of the Living Dead. Nothing in the late 80s, nothing in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And on your list here, we have 2002. Twenty-eight days later. Yeah, Danny Boyle
1: uh, and, and and the Brits taking a stab at this at this genre mm-hmm. because obviously uh, Danny Boyle and then Edgar Wright uh, for for Shaun of the Dead. It's not that and and some of the some of the the behind the scenes for this folks there was an idea of maybe zombie films through the decades one. The 90s doesn't have any kind of good
0: milk Which is crazy. No <laughs> yeah. Tre- yeah, nothing that sets a new trend. Yeah. Nothing that it's all. Would you just say all of the same?
1: All the same, and a lot of the main spotlight is put on the Of the Dead and Living Dead sequels coming out. Right, uh, right, right. You know what I mean? And, I, and I, I'm a strong believer that nothing is really done creatively with the DNA of what the zombies are about, the tropes, the trends. When we get to 28 Days Later, I think this is – Finally, a movie that I would say has the concept of zombies being used creatively, but plainly wants to be a movie about our characters, a character drama, an apocalyptic feel mm-hmm. yes. more than any anything else. Where in, in previous moments, especially for maybe Dawn of the Dead, which is which is champ so far. We have still it being focused on a magnifying glass of a single location for the first time. I think with with twenty eight day, days later, maybe not the first time, but I would say probably the best time. We have an introduction that this is an infection. This is potentially global the misinformation that happens with is this beyond the UK is this uh, something that we can survive from obviously the the concept of 28 days later is played out in how quickly things have gone to shit right right uh, and how truly dire our characters are in such a short amount of time it has a gravity to it that I think propels this film from not only being a good zombie film but a great movie overall very cool that in Infection theme is played right into the survival elements, which I think are great. We take the mall concept uh, that we see in Dawn, and now we blow that out to a city scale landscape. Mm-hmm. This is in two ways. One, the isolation and the horror of this, you can definitely see as a trendsetter for later films like I Am Legend and yes. other type of apocalyptic films that it's captivating to watch a dead city on screen. Big time. And maybe one or a few characters wandering through that. So I think visually, really Im- Im- impressive to see and, and have that struck home. At the same time, what we have is we have that same concept of freedom freedom of there is a liberation in society falling down and you know the survivors being able to do what they want to do that is now once again blown up to an entire that, city size yeah, a
0: massive scale now yeah
1: absolutely a lot of the cinematography is quiet a lot of it is reflective especially for what our characters kind of go through emotionally i think emotionally the beats are are hiked up quite a bit because while we have moments of brevity, it really is much more drama of the true horror of what happens and almost the unfortunate mishappenings that happen in a, in a stressful event.
0: Yeah, and not much comedy here, correct? Because this is not a funny situation to be in at all. This, yeah, is, this there... is taking you in with the character mm-hmm. and, and right sinking you into... Just the absolute raw emotion and feeling that you're in. Right, Which right. is an empty, horrible situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There, There's a little bit of brevity that happens sometimes, almost very similarly, how there's genuine excitement to finding new places in the mall. Uh, there's genuine excitement in discovering parts of the city that they can benefit from as sure. survivors. Yeah, yeah. So there is brevity there. The, uh, if I had to mark this film on something, it is stakes versus characters. Unfortunately, again, we don't have the smartest characters. Characters here. There are some moments where you're taken out of it, and it may be the 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 scenes are put there to have a similar type of brevity to that discovery freedom element that we're, we're we're driving into, but. Man, I think I think it's for the worse because it takes you out of it. So what in you're a bad saying way. when
0: you're watching these characters, it's like that. Come on, a real person would not be doing that. That is not. Yeah. It's funny. You you set up a. You're in a zombie world, mm-hmm. which is totally just like ridiculous and mm-hmm. not and not real. But once when you once when we all agreed to be watching this movie, and it's like oh, okay, mm-hmm. the stage is set. This is what we're in. Mm-hmm. Picturing ourselves in this world that was mm-hmm. made for us. That's when you're like, this wouldn't be happening right exactly. now. Exactly. And that's when it's taken. So it's weird to say. That's not realistic because a whole mm-hmm. movie, movie isn't right. realistic. Right. But the at the same time, is- if this is what the stage is, <laughs> yep. this, is ridic- this is ridiculous. is a-
1: ridiculous. Absolutely. And I think the movie shoots itself in the foot because the first half of it is the stakes are so high. You do not travel alone. You, the, these zombies are vicious, you know? Sure. Um, and I think that's probably a good bridge into, let's talk about the zombie DNA in this one. This, sure. a, this slot, for me, represents the rage zombie, the running zombie, the maybe pack mentality zombie, that it's not necessarily just a mindless horde, that there's a hunting to it. I think we see this, again, be a trendsetter for things like I Am Legend, Obviously, going into later in the decade and then into the 2010s, we see something like this blown out to a large proportion, maybe like a World War, War Z, mm-hmm, sure, uh, where the this almost a, a fetish of large zombies and that now evolves it again. I think the DNA is right here in 28 Days Later, and unfortunately, it, those it, movies it, don't do much more for it to beat it right. out.
0: This is the first time you know, this is like what 30ish, 35 years later from that mm-hmm. first one of slow, not really. Uh, not really scary zombies mm-hmm. to pretty scary zombies but mm-hmm. still slow and dumb and then here we are it's like no let's let's it's upping the zombies once yeah. again but in a tasteful way absolutely um, which is why i'm glad you put this on this list yep. i think because it's another milestone in the zombie culture absolutely yeah. absolutely
1: and i think uh, as maybe not as effective or as kind of like blockbustery. A lot of zombie headcount is you know a, a higher zombie headcount to on the screen it's still important to recognize that that is a trend in how zombies have evolved in film mm-hmm. and how we're seeing them as a threat. Uh, I think it's done no better uh, except right here in, in 28 Days Later. Right, right. Once again, though, I think it, it drives home what a zombie film is about. I, I, For a second, I kind of balanced, well, I mean, they're rage zombies. It's not really the living dead, per se. It's, it's, it's more of a viral infection to this film. But it is a zombie film in the DNA of survival information dumps from public sources mm-hmm. and using that as a tension builder man being the true threat you know it hits 100 and 100%. man being
0: a take, taking on it a new creature form yeah, like exactly. kind of yeah exactly yeah. and the
1: problem solving most importantly i think if i had to nail of all those tropes and all those trends that we've been talking about and how they built it is a zombie film if i had to boil it down to one point it is problem solving and i think where some movies really fail with that is that you like seeing effective problem solving on screen. You right. don't like you... getting frustrated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and maybe uh, some
0: of the horror comes from there, and tension, but... Uh, Frustration could be good as far as like, oh, you don't want to do that, don't do that, Right. but you still want to deal with competent characters. Exactly. You know, that, that you, you know It puts you in the room, and you can be competent with the character, mm-hmm. and have those disagreements and agreements. You exactly. don't want to be saying, you're an idiot, this is just not, not <laughs> what would be happening right now. Right. It's a big right. difference there.
1: And, and if anything, and we're, we're obviously going to be talking in our last slot about Shaun of the Dead a horror comedy it, if you're gonna do it you gotta make it about it 100% uh, you right. can't do right. the balancing act is committing I think to one side it's actually probably not a balancing act at all but yeah overall I think where this movie stands above is again like I like I said a, a little bit ago it, it transcends what a zombie movie can be uh, evolves and improvises on that a little bit but mostly, it's it's one of the best acted uh, zombie movies.
0: Yeah, you have yeah. you are pretty young Cillian Murphy in there. Yes, correct? yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: you have a lot of young actors in there.
0: I mean, yeah, Naomi Harris is mm-hmm. is in it, which is great. I mean, that's so very cool.
1: Exactly. Oh wait, yeah, uh, that's that's Money Penny, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's so good in it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's so great. Plays a very cool character, but. Yeah, I think overall, just the performances themselves, uh, it's just a caliber above. Uh, and I think that's 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 well, where... It's, it's almost
0: such a shame. It adds insult to injury that the writing for these characters was maybe not top-notch when it came exactly. to the comic. You know what I mean? Because exactly. if you had the actors, the talent was there. Yeah, you, you hit know? the nail
1: on the head. Especially because the stakes for these characters are so high. Yeah. We're all the more invested mo- emotionally. Uh, the true drama comes from the emotional stress of, you know, uh, of the horde, you know, the zombie is not your loved one. It is a zombie now, you know? So I I think... Because the stakes are so incredibly high with that, if anything, it spotlights the little moments that you could probably say, oh, that was just a little bit moment. But it's like a massive spotlight on it because yeah. it's, it's magnified. Sure, you know? sure, absolutely. But I think for the most part, 28 days later, this is where this lands in a must watch because it has the inc- excitement uh, naturally occurring from dawn. It has the roots of everything what a zombie film is about. We finally mix in probably a... Not an award-winning performance, but a critical performance in our actors. Yeah, and you have um, Danny
0: Boyle at the helm, exactly, which is you know big time.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to toss it up to the Brits do it better, but uh, in in these two cases, you know mm-hmm. they they they've really knocked it out of the park. And Danny Boyle's DNA is absolutely in the film editing of this uh, of this film, and it 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 really is a great film. And I think is the first zombie film we finally have in a must watch. With that said, we will go ahead and give. 28 days later, an 80.
0: 80 on the dot. Very good. on the dot. I think that's so I think that's extremely fair mm-hmm. and I think it, I think that makes sense as well. And I think a lot of our listeners know at least the the respect that 28 Days Later has. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's more closer to, our, you know, we're not in the 60s or 70s anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. bringing it into we all we all know about it even if you haven't even watched it. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows kind of that 28 Days Later has an importance, I would say. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um but it has 80, a solitude to I'd it. I love that you cracked it over that mark then. I mean, it's very impressive that we have 78 Eight seventy nine eighty. I love. Yeah. I love that.
1: And, and folks at home, you may you may say, oh, it's it's you know, it's a couple points. What's the big deal of this? I think I think it's it, it's illustrative that all these films are worth the, your time in different ways. It's just again, it's different yeah, they're, interpretations. They're all worth their own salt, exactly, but in
0: different ways, and it, that makes sense because what we're doing here is kind of showing progression of zombie movies. Exactly. You know, you know where does the culture change in those pivotal movies? And mm-hmm. we're kind of hitting all of those. Mm-hmm. So speaking of which, let's keep it going. So, again, we keep on pointing out the years here. 28 Days Later, 2002. It's only two years later Mm. that we get our next film and final film on Mm -hmm. the list, which is Edgar Wright doing Shaun of the Dead.
1: Yeah. And I think there's, like I said, there's definitely evolution to the zombie DNA in, in future years. But this is where I feel this movie takes what... The zombie DNA is uh, the the uh, what zombies are about, and uses it instead of where Return of the Living Dead was a subversion of those expectations for comedy. Right, this is using what the audience knows as what a zombie entails and what a zombie story entails, and uses that as strategic ammunition for the comedic beats. And uh, much like all of Edgar Wright's stuff, it it is it is done to a exceedingly high level of care uh, and planning and design. Uh, this movie is interwoven so naturally from the jokes and the repetition of what some one-liners are, and how it's tied into to the visual comedy of the editing. It's really done no better uh, and, at this level. And that's
0: really interesting. So you would almost place it where you know you just made a comment with wow, Twenty Eight Days Later, where you said mm-hmm. you know if you're going to have comedy, basically go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, but in Dawn of the Dead, you said you know it's sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. And then you have The Return of the Living Dead, which it goes for full-on comedy, mm-hmm. but in a totally different way. Yes, yes. Not that, obviously, um, John Rousseau didn't care, or didn't have mm-hmm. care and consideration, but this is, you know, we're years, we're decades later, this, it has a whole new meaning now. Exactly. And this is really kicking it off well.
1: And if I really had to distinguish where Return of the Living Dead fails and where Shaun of the Dead succeeds is that... Return of the Living Dead has a goofy feel because the zombies are all about subverting expectation and saying, hey, actually you don't know what zombies are about. Zombies right, talk, right. zombies are about brains, you know. Uh, where this is, the zombies are very straight and that is just a beautiful platform for all comedy and all jokes to be built upon. Oh, you okay, know? sure. Yeah. That is our backbone to say, oh yeah, I, I know what's going to happen and then the jokes are about subverting the outcome, not necessarily the horror itself. Right, okay. Um, so... You know, playing that straight, I think it, it just sets up that comedic expectation so much better than Return to the Living Dead. Honestly, it's. I would 100% consider this a movie that follows through on what we've been talking about the whole time. Uh, what are the info dumps on TV? What are the survival elements? What is unpacking and understanding the monster for what it to be? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah we yeah. don't have so much of a point that there is a. Uh, that, that characters know what necessarily zombies are in the film. Uh, they they do call them zombies, but it's it's all there to really unpack what all these movies are about, which is, again, I mean, uh, it's, it's a special, and we're always talking about this, but it is problem-solving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it is problem-solving on screen. That problem-solving, is so well-designed to have comedic punchlines and comedic payoffs for the whole thing, it it, it just effortlessly makes a mending, a a melding of zombies being naturally goofy, maybe kind of a threat, maybe also not too much of a threat. Interesting. uh, And combines them with characters that probably have no right surviving to it, but... (laughs) uh it it's because they're such it's it's kind of low forces meeting low forces it it hits home
0: so yeah. well it it's comedy and just the ridiculousness of it all
1: exactly exactly now
0: I have a question with the characters though if mm-hmm. if you're getting on in bottom barrel as far, it sounds like you have not very highly competent competent people but very much on purpose, and it's a main absolutely attraction of these characters absolutely is that like no, no no that's the whole point yeah yeah is, is the non-competent part
1: the big theme here as well that i think again what will separate any kind of comedy that edgar wright does is that it really does have uh, a story and a message to tell behind the jokes the concept here is dead weight he has a fr- you know uh, sean has a friend mm-hmm. that is dead weight with him and he's surrounded by dead people you know what i mean there's, there's, sure, there's sure. deeper there there's yeah care put into the writing. Uh, And I mean, I will probably bring this up with every Edgar Wright film that I dive into, that care is shown in the visual design of the editing. Uh, For this case, it is all visual comedy, whether it is a scene of him walking up a toy slide to see a horde of the dead and then walking down the visual comedy I mean it's very British this is a very British film so maybe there's a slight disclaimer for folks at home that (laughs) you you may need subtitles sometimes you know but uh, it is it hits so much because that editing transcends maybe a cultural joke right right uh, or something that's hokey to British people and that will make a laugh in those type of audiences I I think where that bridges it and where this becomes a much higher graded film for me is that that editing, it transcends cultural boundaries, you know? Sure, absolutely. I, I, I almost wish, uh, wish Edgar Wright or a director like that in Japanese comedy would come about to bridge some of those comedic mm. moments a little bit better. For and, a wider and audience. La- exactly. Yeah. Have it land for a wider audience. It's not just because – to see, you know, more people enjoy it or, or or more more money at the box office. I think you achieve a better film, a more well-rounded. Yes, film a
0: for more that complete, reason. more complete. Yep,
1: absolutely. But that visual editing, that visual comedy. I think when talking about Edgar Wright, it. Almost all roads lead back to Shaun of the Dead because I think this is where it really hits. Um, Personally, I am a fan of some of the later films and hopefully uh, in future specials I can interweave as much Edgar (laughs) Wright content as possible. But I think, uh, you know, it is, man, it is just so entertaining to watch moving pictures on the screen with his movies. And I mean, that's the simplest way I can put it, you know. Uh, If anything, intentionally oversimple to to really illustrate that there is a reason why this is a motion picture versus uh, a novel, versus a video, versus any other art form, you know?
0: It's crucial, and it's in the DNA of this film in particular. Exactly. Those visuals, yeah.
1: Exactly. So, I I think in that comparison of what is right uh, with Return of the Living Dead and Shaun of the Dead, it's just genuinely better writing. And I think comedy writing, that can probably be subjective. I think if I had to distinguish this for folks at home and especially for anyone that has seen Shaun of the Dead and maybe even Return of the Dead as well, or Return of the Living Dead, uh, it's, it's just the, the the jokes are interweaved so much better. It's it's payoff, it's tie back, it's everything yeah. that you would mark a great stand-up set for, of tying back into themes and calling sure, back yeah, to jokes absolutely. to create zingers and whatnot. Um, this <laughs> film does that effortlessly. Uh, and... If I really had to, you know, because you can say, well, they're both comedies. Are How does one succeed and the other fail? I think, it, again, it's just very simply it's more thoughtfulness in yeah. that writing, better design. There's something more going on so. here. Yep. And there's always going something going on in the visual comedy of it, again, just to tie back into the editing. If the jokes aren't landing for you, if you maybe can't understand this character because of a very <laughs> heavy, you know, uh, heavy UK accent, um, it is, uh, bottom line, you, he Edgar hedges the bet with the visual comedy of what's going on screen. Uh, the zombie DNA, it is here in almost 280 of what we've been studying so far, but that is why this lands on the list because it is now not trying to improvise and instead use that as a baseline, and I would say almost masterfully use it as a baseline for all punchlines okay. of the film uh, and kind of understands what it is. If Again, what we were just talking about. If you're going to mix... Um, Comedy and horror, it's got to understand what it's doing and what it's designed for. Though there are emotional beats in Shaun of the Dead, you have to go in and say, this is always for the punchline. This is always for the comedy. And for that sense, it's almost 100% comedy, even though it has very horrific themes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But with that said, I think that is going to wrap up what we've talked about for Shaun of the Dead. We will go ahead and give Shaun of the Dead and 83
0: wow okay not expecting th- not expecting that at all i think it, holy okay very it is, good
1: it is well designed and i am comfortable at least as of this moment as a recording wow. saying it is my favorite zombie film
0: Wow, that's fantastic. And to have it such comedy-heavy... Right. ...you know, compared... Because, you know, it's funny that the comedy zombie films are your highest and lowest. Right. Because we have a 68 and an 83. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, I thought... That's why I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe he's going to go low 70s here, you know, mm-hmm. definitely better than Living of the Dead, but that just goes to show uh, how masterful kind of Edgar Wright can be at that balancing. Yeah. And, and just hitting those marks he needs to be for what the film is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's really cool, and... Um, and it encapsulates everything. Bottom line...
1: It's everything a zombie film should be. And that's why a lot of these are so similar in ranking. You know, there's probably a five to six point difference between them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's about what are you doing with the DNA? What are you doing with the tropes and what a zombie is and what a zombie film should be about? Preparation, survival, some excitement to the collapse of civilization. You know, there are naturally goofy elements. And I think Shaun of the Dead understands what it is through and through.
0: That is so that's that's great very very good homework that you had to do and this this <laughs> was like this was a great guide and just honestly because it's something that i'm not too well aware of sure. i haven't actually I haven't seen all of these and i'm a little embarrassed to say but um yeah definitely a great guide or just like bringing us through the decades of the zombie yeah. i think that that's fascinating uh great work and these really good movies here yeah we have. I mean, absolutely. It's quite a good good list and hopefully
1: um, navigate through. Honestly, so as much garbage dive, out there. Exactly, and as you dive deeper, there's even more confusion. You know, let's yes, say just yeah, very yeah. simply as an audience member, you say, "I'm going to do all the Living Dead."s Well, you go from a 68 movie to a full comedy and four comedies, and that—that's not good. You yeah. know, what I mean,
0: and then the aftermath of that—it's just just mm-hmm. it's just bad, bad, bad. Absolutely, um, that's fantastic, and I, I love finding out about George J. Romero, how yeah. he was kind of the you know the father, the the grandfather of. Well, we know today of zombies, Absolutely. and you have to thank the, you know, the Walking Dead. You have to thank for that. No, and for sure. There's a lot there. There's yeah. a lot there. He created the genre basically.
1: And something so unique to film itself. That's that's where I got a lot of excitement diving into this because, like I said in the beginning vampires, you know, uh, swamp thing, aliens, you know, these are all born in books uh, to some extent, you know, there's obviously Mm -hmm. movie adaptations of that in the fifties monster kind of creature features, zombies, they're born on screen. And I think that was wonderful to have as kind of a, a deep dive Uh, into for the ratings. It was fun too. It was a lot of fun.
0: And, um, it's, a, it's such a great list to have and we can not you know we'll have it as a compilation on the site for sure for mm-hmm. people. I think I think it's just so much fun and and not just uh you put a lot of thought and care into it big time. So <laughs> for for zombies, yeah, yeah, we yeah, for it. something brainless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, is there anything else you would like to add to this special or should we roll credits here?
1: I think it's it's the only thing I would add and in tying into producers it, you know much how I came across this topic and was overwhelmed very quickly with what is heads or tails on good movies. If you come across that, practically speaking, folks at home, of you're diving into something and it is a nightmare to try to navigate, I think that is exactly where we want to hear
0: from you. Yeah, let us know exactly. Email us, donate, and, and we'll read your note on the on the show and everything mm-hmm. like that, and we can have an open dialogue about it. Appreciate you stopping by, Ben. This took a lot of time for Vin to put together. We released these specials separately from our normal episodes. So it's even more film watching during all this time. You know, it's a lot of movies per week that, that Vin's taking time and watching, studying, note taking. We're putting all this extra time into, you know, a whole other podcast and putting them on the site and, and creating these things about it. It's, it is fun for us, but it is time consuming. And there's a lot of thought and care put into what we do. So if you do enjoy this, if you didn't even think you were a zombie fan or going to check some of this out, you know, not even a horror fan, but you found this valuable, uh, we would really appreciate some support. And if you found value, then could you give us back some value? We appreciate it. We're having a lot of fun with this. We hope you are too. And we can't wait to work with you guys and, and build up a little family and we're all having a good time together. Absolutely. It's wonderful. So we'll just run down these one more time, folks. We have... Night of the Living Dead with a 78%. Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 version, with 79%. The Return of the Living Dead with a 68%. 28 Days Later, Breaking That 80 Mark with a Straight 80 And Shaun of the Dead with an 83%. We thank you so much, folks, for stopping by for this special. And we will see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the special, if you would, give us a good rating or tell a friend about us. If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com, where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, have you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you received from us. You'll get a producer mentioned on the next podcast episode, too we're looking to build this into something large and great but be independent from those corporate sponsors so we greatly appreciate any support from you all thanks so much and we'll see you next time on the daily ratings podcast